Welcome to episode 783 of I Am Talk, your weekly fix in all things Iron Man. Radio team, welcome along to episode 783 of I Am Talk with Coach John Newsom and Bevan James. How's it going, mate? Good, Bevan. I'm going to be a lot more productive this week than last week. Yeah, I know. The Olympics are over. Nah, yeah. Getting a little bit over it at the end. Just, I'd had enough. So, but it was awesome. But it's it is the right amount of time, the Olympics, isn't it? Just, yep. Yeah. Any longer, I think I was gone. Well, it depends. The problem for us Kiwis is we didn't really have that many events in the last few days where we were that competitive. Mm. Whereas if we, let's say the rowing is the last few days, you probably would have been. True. You know, but gotta say, we all said, don't think it should happen. Probably all enjoy it. God, it was awesome. It was awesome. Still shouldn't have happened. Did enjoy it a lot though. And how good was it? Great thing for the world right now. Mm. You know, it was that kind of the Olympics is one of those things, which happens less now, where universally, most, I get it, not everyone's into the Olympics, but the majority of the world's kind of together at one moment in, mm. a, in, a, in a really empowering way. So, well, thank you, Japan. Yes. Thank you, thank you, Tokyo. We should all make a donation to the Tokyo Olympic yep. Fund because yep. they are going to be rooted out of that. Yep, they will indeed. Okay, Iron Talk is proudly brought to you by... We have our patrons partners. A patron partner? What does that mean, John? You're going to hear about them later on. We've got Profile Design. Check them out at profile-design.com for hydration, wheels, storage, aero bars, stems and handlebars. We've also got the Magic 5 custom-fitted swimming goggles. You can check them out at magic5.themagic5.com. There'll be links to these on our website. Jonbo, also we've got a few patrons. Ken, the mighty red Welsh. We've got Yancey, the man of fashion, Arrington. And Rob, the key, Lockwood. <laughs> Lockwood key. Yeah. Uh, okay guys, in this week's show we've got some news. We did have an interview that had to pull out last minute. Uh, so we've, we're doing some other things. So we've got, we've got news, hot topic. What's happening after that, John? We're going to do a little coach's corner, which is just a, my, when I watch an Olympic triathlon, I think, I look at it with a slightly different lens than what some age groupers who haven't maybe experienced an Olympic race have uh, look at. So I thought I'll just give you my interpretation when I'm watching things and how these events are so, so different to an, a normal sort of age group Olympic distance race nice. or an Ironman for that matter. Uh, are we going to do the cheats? We are. We're going to do, uh, as part of our discussion of the week, we're just trying to make up content on the fly here. It's around sort of cheating and would you report people in. So I thought, I wonder what the biggest cheats in history are. And so we'll have a little uh, look into that. And there was a few that I've never heard of before. So it might be interesting. Uh, then we've also got one of the week questions and answers at the end. Okay, so quite a few results, which is good to see. Uh, the Norseman happened in, is it Norway? It is in Norway. Norseman in Norway. Uh Pretty tough race as always. Uh, what do we have in Jobo? Harsh conditions, uh, according to Herbert Crabble on uh, slowtwitch.com. So Alan Hovder, who's won the event in 2014, 2015, 2018, um, conquered the course solo a week before the actual race day, which is an interesting tactic to go and do a full distance uh, what is he And raced it. Yeah, and then raced it. But So what is it? He did the whole thing a week before. Sounds like it. Come back the next week and race yeah, it. Maybe done a bit of recon and uh, didn't seem to work out well, no, he still did really well, but we had a young fella who took it out. Um, he won uh, Iron Distance Race last year, won the Ironman uh, Estonia in 8.27, 26-year-old Norwegian, um, John Brevold. 
So he took it out. Uh, we, we won Ironman Tanalan last year as an age grouper in 8 to 27. That's impressive. Yeah. Uh, and then he took it out. In the women's race, um, we had Flora College, uh, who lots of people thought was going to win. But in the, in the end, the Brit had to second, settle for second place behind Norwegian Julie Aspelettin. Nice work. Norseman, a lot of people race. on there. A lot of people's on the hit list. Looked pretty miserable. Foggy at the top. Freezing cold swim. You kind of want that from the race, don't you? Oh, I like a bit of warmth. I mean, I don't I know, but it's epic. Yeah, they had that race on the coast last the, weekend. The pictures are awesome. Did you hear about the race on the coast? It was the, on the news last night. The ultra race. It was a right disaster. <laughs> it was just looked like a slog fest. Yeah, it was just a mud fest. Mud fest. Yeah, lots of people I know did it. Didn't necessarily like it. Yeah. Yeah, I was amazed they got on news, but yeah. Okay, uh, we also had Boulder 70.3. And this was uh, uh, some interesting racing here because we had Taylor Nip lining up who she was in the American team that won, what did they get, silver or bronze? Bronze. Bronze. Silver, yep. bronze. No, silver. Silver. I think they yeah, got, no, past, got past the Frenchies, I hope. Yeah. Uh, and she was one of the favourites actually going into the Olympic race that it didn't necessarily go her way. But she was the favourites for the just the Olympic distance. Yeah, she needed to get in a breakaway. Um, and she because she'd gotten a breakaway in the first couple of races and done really, really well. Is she not a great runner? Uh, she's an okay runner, but, but she's a, a really strong cyclist. And she went out there first at her first time, and she's young as well. And first seventy point three, you mean? First seventy point three. Swam twenty six oh four, had about a minute lead or minute and a half minute to minute and a half lead on the field rode a 2.12 and then uh, came home in a 1.21 second place she did get outrun by Emma Pallant who looked fantastic on the run uh, but she did hold, hold off Jenny Metzler and she, did, she also got outrode by her yeah but she are you surprised by that well I think she just went out there I don't know what her tactics was but she's racing again ITU this weekend she raced the Olympics and Super Sprint you know a week to week and a half ago and I don't think she would have prepared whatsoever for this. This is my assumptions. Yep. And I'm not sure that she would have raced uh, as, hard. as hard as she possibly could have. So just goes to show, and she was and she was on just a, a, a road bike with um, little clip-on ITU aero bars. So she, she, I think she was giving up time on the bike because she is a very strong biker. But that was quite a field. Sorry? Harold? Uh, she's not, I don't know how old she is, but she's not that old because I know she won the under-23 world champs a couple of years ago um, so yeah good performance by her but she did get beaten by Emma Pallant and Sam Long showing he's still in top form and with a pretty dominant run there ran a 112 off the bike uh, after riding a 154 that put four minutes into everybody uh, four to six minutes into everybody but he did have to come back from being four minutes down in the swim that is an enormous gap that is the massive S Sam Appleton swam 24.39 and Sam Long was 28.34 he made it up on the bike didn't he and the run look at that bike time yeah so that's impressive but it's leaving himself a lot of work to do after that swim so lots uh, of 70.3 action Sam Long took it out Sam Appleton uh, was second uh, just uh, Taylor uh, Nib is 23 23 She's not going to win the world under 23 champs this year. No. Uh, Switzerland 70.3 also was happening as well. More pro racing. Domination there by Daniela Reef. I believe it's her seventh win. She won by seven minutes. And the Swiss that, Miss in Switzerland. And Rudy von Berg uh, equally dominated the dojo by six minutes over Rudy Wilde. So completely crushing performances there. Now, how does this next one, John? Genea? Uh, Genea. It's uh, in Poland. So Lucy Hall, former ITU athlete, she won that by four minutes on the female side. And then James Teagle, 
uh, won the men's race by about a minute and a half or so. He is on a streak. Now, these races, the races that he's gone and done have not been uber quality, you know, world championship yep. type fields. But hey, you, it wins hey, a win. You win, you win. And he's got three wins in a row. So he won a 70.3 in this race in Janiyah. And then he won the Outlaw Hockham uh, in July. And he won Challenge Gdansk in June. So one win a month so far uh, this season. Pretty well, impressive. The other thing that happened to Janiyah was that they had an, an iron distance race that was non pro. Uh, and in the men's race, now let's see if we can get them all here, John. Uh, in the men's race, Christopher, you can do that one. Peter Rzuk from Poland. 8.52. And now can we find the first female? They haven't really got female men. Yes, we, yes, we can. But hold on. So there was three, there was three under nine hours uh, on the female side of things. They've only got age group, not overall. Ah, uh, this. Bloody change from yesterday. I'm sure oh. they had over female overall yesterday. Oh, I can't find it. No. Okay, we're just gonna. I mean, what age group do you reckon won the race overall, Bevan? I'm going it's 30 not, to 34. Okay. Let's see what we've got. Uh, Alexandra Marinke from Poland won that age group in 10:49, and I'm just going to look at a couple of the other quick age groups to teach you to 10:49. Maybe like a, a, yep, a 25 no, to 30. She beat them. Female, 35 to 39. Oh, I think maybe Alina Zuckschman from, what, here's a flag with the blue blue stripe on top, yellow on the bottom. That would be Ukraine, I think. Okay. And she went 10.31. So I think she took it out. Okay, so Estonia, there was a full on a Saturday and a half on a Sunday, but we can't actually find the results for that. Uh, then we also had Tallinn results and uh, good old Nick Nose Rose, or the Admiral. Yes. I, prefer, I prefer the Admiral. He sent us a report. He's just saying, quick iron on Tallinn. One of the few races run last year in the pandemic, and they pulled it out at all the stops this year. Lots of help for the athletes getting to the race, including border, police info, airport info, site uh uh, antigen testing and basically prove, proving if you really want to get a race on you can with the additional steps they also were pretty flexible with athletes who didn't want to or couldn't travel uh, race conditions weren't ideal after blazing summer uh, the race started in the gloom and predicted 25 miles per hour wind uh, continued to rain 80% on the bike and the run. Luckily, we didn't get a trench foot. Uh, but no pro race this year, but uh, the men's field was early races were in the 50 minutes, maybe in the, in the, uh, sorry, in the swim. Uh, the bike was amazingly fast and the wind seemed to help in fast parts. If you can get in the aero position, it wasn't too bad in the wind. Early lead established by Mark Matthews' partner of Katrina, Kat, Katrina. Kat, partner of Kat Matthews. Yep. Uh, was wiped out uh, by uh, him dropping out after realising he'd taken a wrong turn on the run course and it would have been DQ'd. Oh, that sucks. That does suck. That does suck. So convincing win by Tom Hollander. Uh, he won, and then Matt Brooke in second, James Ellis in third, and Tom did a 8.28, which is pretty good age group racing. Pretty uh, good. Far out, Brussels Sprout. You've got some high standards. Yeah, uh, I've got the top. So the top 10 here, uh, all in the boys' side of it, 10th was 8.56. Bike times were just insanely fast. So I did uh, go back to Nick and ask him if the bike course was accurate. It sounded like it was a little bit short. I think he said 110.8 miles. It's supposed to be... 112. Yeah, so a little bit short, but he said that he thought the run was a little bit long. But still, so it's a couple of minutes short. But this the guy who won rode 431.36. That's, That's impressive. just ridiculous. And second place, what did he ride? 
He rode 4.30.37. That's mental. I think one of the things with, when we often talk about bike speeds and we struggle a bit in New Zealand to comprehend these times, our roads are really yeah, rubbish. Chip. I was riding the other day and we were on a little group ride and there's this new pathway that I've built next to a motorway, um, just a bike path. Oh, yeah, yeah. And that's like super smooth. Is it going north? Yeah. Yeah. And he went from being on the road to going on that. And it was like four kilometres an hour quicker than, the, oh, than really? our shitty roads. Uh, so that's why our times in New Zealand are often slow. But still, you're riding 4.30 as an age grouper. That's ridiculous. Okay, and the ladies race. The first lady was Helen Gillespie out of the water in 55 minutes uh, with the rest trailing her in her wake. Plenty of jostling in the front of her first 150k, but sliding through the ranks was... Uh, Lizzie Duncombe uh, by 164 she had taken the lead and was never let it up. A bit disappointing to see the lead woman's bike was second place for most of the run due to the staggering start but corrected halfway point. She took the, she had a strong day in the run she did a 9.31. Second place was Valentina um, how do you say that? Kurax? I'm not sure. I've, I've got Lizzie, uh, Lizzie Duncan. I'm pretty sure she recently got married, so I'm not sure if she still is Lizzie Duncan. Um, yeah. But she swam 116, um, so it's a little bit on the slow side. Uh, but she rode a 452. That's crazy. Yeah, and then ran smoking. a 3.14 for a 9.31.06. And then uh, Josie Raw's got in third place at 9.53. Definitely come back to this race. Tremendous race under difficult, under difficult travel situations. So thank you, the Admiral, for that great update. Uh, big news. Bloomingfield and Duffy have been given the opportunity to take slots for Kona. They have indeed. So with it, Bloomingfield will take it, won't he? Well, yeah, because he wants to go anyway. Yeah. Um, don't Do know. Duffy will? I wouldn't have thought so. Why not? Uh, well, no, I'm just, just, that's a gross assumption. I don't think, I don't, don't know. But is her short course career done? Uh, I would hope so, but she's pretty awesome. And she's, I mean, she's got. It'd be great to see her at Kona. Yeah, it would be. But she's got, she's got racing this weekend. She'll be racing next weekend. Um, I'm, uh, I saw her name pop up the other day for doing Super League. Uh, so I've got absolutely no idea if it's on her radar whatsoever. Um, it would be cool to race, but she, well, how many? How long you got to prepare? You've got August, September, you've got about probably 10 weeks to prepare um, amongst doing your ITU racing. So I don't know. I don't know how I feel about this. I mean, of course I want to see Blumenfeld racing. It would be awesome. But I don't like it when it's not an even playing field because... Here, I get it. I, I see both sides of the argument. Yeah. So what's, what's both sides? So first side of the argument is, hey, there's a qualification system. Hmm. Do it. Mm. You know? And he was, he was going to go down that path. So this is not a, a slide on him whatsoever. No, no. Um, and is it unfair to other athletes? The only thing you'd say is nowadays to get a qualification, you've got to win a race. Mm. And I know the Olympic triathlon's not an Ironman, mm. but it's the biggest race in our sport. Yeah. So and at the end of the day, I suppose he's not depriving another person of a race. They're adding in additional oh, spaces. Okay. So it's not like, okay. oh, okay, we're only going to have 49 men instead of 50. Okay. So I guess if you were a, a different pro looking at it, you go, well, I've, the rules haven't changed for me. It's just when you get to the start line, he will. Have, he is, of, I assume he's racing this weekend still, but he hasn't. He may, for a Duffy, won't have had to do an Ironman. Yeah, and that's... I don't know, not necessarily fair, but I do want to see both of them. What do you, what do you think? What, but then the other side of the argument is you've got the Olympic Champs here. Mm, so it brings And up. come on, it's great PR. It is, yep. Uh, I'm all for it. I, I totally get the other side of the argument, but I think, and, and let's be honest, if, if they win it, you've got the best people in the sport there. Yeah, so, and a lot of, and, and this year, a lot of people haven't had to do an Ironman because they've qualified so yeah, long ago. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, going to be interesting. How do you think it's going to go? Blumenfeld, I think he'll 
I think he's going to be there until uh, well into the run. Whether or not he can hold it together 42 k's, I don't know. But I, I'm pretty. How do you think Duffy would go? Uh, if she prepared for it, I think she'd be awesome. I mean, she's the most one of the most complete triathletes we've ever seen. She's really good in the swim. She's you know just at the back of the front pack in the swim. She's probably. I mean, you could certainly debate that she's the best uh, ITU cyclist we've seen um, in a long, 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 long time, if not ever. And she's putting out the fastest run splits as well. So she's not like a quite a Gwen Jorgensen type runner, but you know, she's a, almost. I think she's the only female who's had the fastest swim, fastest bike, and fastest run split at a ITU race. Really, and that was uh, yes yeah, a couple of years ago. But when you're doing that. Yeah, it doesn't get much better. So, she, she, she I, don't, I don't know. It depends how she handles long distance, but Olympic distance, she is an absolute weapon across all distance, uh, across all disciplines. I'd love to see her turn up. Mm. Just, it just, what do I like about it? Is a, it's good PR. B, it's good for the sport. It does put an interesting dynamic in the race because those guys tend to cock it up. Yeah, the first time, you know, they do tend to cock it up, but also it brings a bit of an aggression to the race, which maybe influences the race a little bit. True and. Now you could argue that's a bad thing yeah. because if they had qualified, you know, if they'd gone through the right route, they maybe wouldn't race the same way. But you know, are you are you going to let Duffy go off the front? Uh, I'm just trying to find some. I'm, I'm getting ahead of myself. Yeah, yeah, you, let, you just let her ride off the front. No, would you? <laughs> no. Yeah, you know, you wouldn't, would you? No. But then there's a chance she's probably going to blow up mm-hmm. because most of them do when they first do it. So it just it brings a really interesting dynamic into Ironman. So. I'm, I'm fascinated to see how Bloomingfield goes this weekend and looking forward. But okay, also here, so here's, here's something on triathlete.com. Um, Flora Duffy debates future plans. Fresh off her Olympic gold medal win, Flora Bermuda's Flora Duffy now has one giant question looming ahead of her. What's next? Prior to being thrown the curveball in, in the form of an invitation to the Ironman champs, Duffy acknowledged the invite in an Instagram story with her poll asking her followers if she should go with 94% <laughs> responding yes. She's... A, has already addressed her plans in a live chat with the news. I still I feel like like I still have more to give in the short course racing to the 33 year old. I'm still How really, old? 30. 33. I'm still really enjoying it, so I don't know. I'll have to see. It's still too soon to say, but definitely before Tokyo, it's a hundred percent no to Paris, and now I'm less hundred percent no to Paris. Whether she races in Kona on October 9th or not, Duffy is already committed to the Super League Triathlon on September 25th. Uh, and she's going to be on the start line for the World Tri-Series races. So there you go. So that's a no, isn't it? Or highly unlikely? Mm. Who knows? It only happened like two days ago. Yeah, but I just... It's interesting. It's, what's really interesting about this Olympic cycle is because we've only got three years. Like we're, So for you guys overseas... Uh, we our greatest Olympian now is a lady called um, oh god, I don't know what's her name? Lisa Carrington. Lisa Carrington, beast of an athlete, unbelievable canoeist. She's won how many Olympic gold now? Five or six, six Olympic gold, seven yep. Olympic gold, um, and she's thirty-three. So the fact that Paris is shorter. It's gonna. It's a really interesting moment for a lot of athletes who traditionally, maybe at this moment in their career, would retire post Olympics. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Carrington probably would have been one of those if it was another four years, thirty-seven. She's probably going. No, I can't do that. Mm-hmm. But three years. It's just an interesting moment. So I think you're going to see a lot of crossover. For you know, Duffy's thirty-three. You, you're not expecting a thirty-seven-year-old to win an Olympic gold, are you? No. You know. So it's just. It's just. I don't know. It's it's just a real because no, realistically, if Duffy wants a long career, she needs to go long. Yeah. You know, or longer than what her career has been. 
Um, so we're just, uh, and you're going to see this in a lot of sports. There's a lot of athletes who maybe would have gone retired, but they're going, well, it's only three years. Maybe I can mm. try to see if I can maintain. And also with sports science and all that kind of stuff nowadays, athletes are going longer in age. So, yeah, it's going to be interesting. Uh, we've got a new Ironman coming up in Alaska. Well, that's what we think so. The announcement's coming out at uh, 12 o'clock today, I think, or it might have already be out. I'm not quite sure. But Ironman have been teasing this. And again, I'm using triathlete.com uh, for some their information. They're claiming Alaska and that you go onto Ironman's Facebook page and there's a picture of some guy, race director, standing in a lake with some big mountains with snow all over them. And that looks like somewhere in Canada or it may well be Alaska. Uh, so that'd be a pretty cool place to go and race. They have had a iron distance race there for a few years. Can't remember what it's called, um, but this will be taking it up a next level. So if you want to go to Alaska, go and check out Ironman. Probably by the time you hear this, it'll be um, official or it might be somewhere else in the world that's got snowy mountains behind the lake. So the question is, John, what are you going to be doing in August? Because in August, we're going to be having the Collins Cup. Now, it's only a couple of weeks away, isn't it? It is 18 days away. Well, there you go, just under three weeks. So um, what we do know now is we now know the qualifiers. They have been announced. So for Team Euro, you've got who? For Team Europe, this is going to be, Collins Cup is going to be awesome. However, but it's, however, <laughs> it's going to be a race for a second. The females European team, that's like going to be fours up against everybody you'd think, barring yeah. disaster or somebody being woefully out of form. You've got, you got Daniela Reith, Anne Howe, Lucy Charles and Holly Lawrence. If you were going to put 70.3 world champs on, you're going to go Those for four. a pretty high chance of being in top five. Not an absolute guarantee, um, but a very strong chance. So European women are pretty awesome. The men on the other side are awesome, but beatable. You got Jan Fredino and Gustav Eden, probably both the top you two. Think beatable? Well, no, the top two probably not not beatable. Yeah. However, you got Joe Skipper, love Joe, awesome Ironman athlete. This distance is more like a half Ironman effort. So I'd say Joe Skipper. You know, you put Lionel Sanders against Joe Skipper. Yep. You yep. go, mm, I'd probably put my money on Lionel Sanders. Um, if you put one of the you know third or fourth rank internationals, which we come up in a moment against Joe Skipper, you go, okay, that's yep. a fair race. And Patrick Langer, equally, awesome in Kona. You hate him. <laughs> Love him. <laughs> the most beautiful run I've ever seen in Kona. However, again, over half distance race, um, not somebody who would be scaring the bejesus out of the rest of the field, going, he's still awesome, but let, hold on, let's, let's just so I'm not making shit up here. Okay, so well, you've Patrick got... Patrick it. Let, hold on, look at, okay, we look at his results. Uh, so he won Tulsa this year, awesome. He did a uh, Challenge Grand Canaria, it was only fourth. He did a 70.3 in Janaya last year, it was third. Uh, he did a 70.3 in Vietnam, he won that one. Um, but then his other 70.3s, he's quite usually been on the podium, um, but not winning all the time. So I think he's definitely susceptible. So then you're in the team international, you've got Lionel Sanders, Braden Curry, Sam Appleton, Max Newman on the men's side of things. You've got Teresa Adam, Paula Finlay, Carrie Lester, Jenny Metzler on the female side. And then US, you've got Sam Long, Rudy Van Berg, Van Berg uh, Matt Hansen, and Ben Knut. Then you've got Sky Minch, uh, Heather Jackson, Jackie Herring, and Chelsea Sedora. I never heard of her. Yeah, so uh, I think the the... The men, men for the internationals and the men for the uh, Americans, they're pretty good. You know, you go Lionel Sanders, you take out Fredino out of the equation, and because you've got to remember, 
There's going to be quite a bit of tactics here. So, 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 so let's talk about this because you've got your team captains and your mm. team captain's role is to be pick the last person, wasn't it? Pick the last two people. Yep. So, so then there's a six person per team. So we've got four automatic selections and then you can go two um, captain's picks. Yep. But then what's, when do they get announced? Uh, not 100% sure on that. Can't be far away. But that's when you go, I'm going to pick a Flora Duffy. I'm going to pick a Christian Blumenfeld. Yeah. You're going to pick whoever you want. It doesn't matter where they are in the rankings. So you've got to remember, this is closer to an ITU and closer to a half Ironman than it is to an Ironman. So you're probably going to pick Olympic athletes or 70.3 Now, do we know if, if like, Blumenfeld is keen? Don't know. Because we don't want him in the Europe team. <laughs> <laughs> we don't want him in the Europe team, true. Um, but then you've got the challenge, and this is where it's going to come really interesting, is, and I'm not quite sure how they exactly do the draw, so you know, so Europe will go, there'll be something like you pull a number out of a hat, and you go, Europe, right, race one, who are you putting in? And they'll go, right, we're putting Aunt Fredino in. And then you go, okay. Oh, so, so it's not one versus one, two versus two? No. Well, I'm almost positive it's not, but uh, I could be oh, wrong. I, I wish it was like that. I, I could be wrong. I'm not quite sure. Because I kind of want the. You don't want just the yarn against the weakest link. But that's when it becomes a bit tactical. Oh, yeah, does it? So maybe maybe I could be wrong there, but I think I'm right because that's how it happens in in the Ryder Cup, and this is what yeah. you're basing this yeah, off. Of course, yeah. you can pick who you want to go up against. So then you go. Okay, then again, how do you know who you go? Well, then, then I think. Pretty sure this is how it goes. Is you know, one team will go first. They put the person oh, okay. up, and you choose who's going up against them, and then you go through the process again. So I, I guess who do you put against Jan? Do you put your wink link? Yeah, but I think that the point scoring—that's what we'll have to look at over the next little period. Yeah, we need to understand you, you, a bit your more. Points, don't we? Your points scoring—you can't just go lay down and, and lose. Yeah, because you minutes. get points for winning, but then points for time lost by as well, don't you? Mm. Yeah. So. I'm sure Lionel Sanders probably wants to go up against Gian Fredino, but... Well, in some ways, you, you, if you're going cost per loss, hmm. then you're going to go, you want your best guy against Fredino because you, you don't want you Fredino... It, it just depends on how much... Like, if you is it a point... Let's say it's five points. We're making this up on the spot, but let's just say five points for a win and every 10 minutes they beat you by is an extra point. Okay. Or every five minutes, let's just say. Are you actually going to do your research here? Yeah. <laughs> Maybe we should do this. <laughs> That's way more logical. <laughs> Okay, while he's talking about that, then we've got, uh, you've got to say, if you're going to pick it, you're going to say Europe, International, US? Yeah, I think the the, the females um, European team, uh, females American team are not looking super strong to me. Yeah, yeah. So uh, I think the, the men's... And even the men's international team is... Oh, no, Rudy Von Berg's awesome. No, the men's internationals... Come on, Braden Curry and Lionel Sanders. yeah. They're two of the best 70.3s in the guys around. Yep. And then you've got Sam Appleton and Max Newman's been a form athlete. But then you look at the, you've taken me off my bloody research now. you got Sam Long. Yeah, well, he's a rock star. Rock star. But he can't swim. Ru- Rudy, von, Rudy Von Berg is absolutely crushing it this season. Matt Hansen, well, he, he, was, he was like, yeah, I think the American men's team and Ben Canute is pretty good. Um, again, when you're up against Gustav Eden and uh, Jan Fredino, it's a pretty, pretty tricky um, righty-ho. Okay, here we go. Here we go. So each each race okay, consists of a two k swim, eighty k bike, and eighteen k run. Good distance. The match draft process. The day before the race, the team captains will select their individual race matchups by way of a draft mechanism. For match number one, US will des- uh, designate an athlete. Then Europe will name an athlete, and finally the internationals name an athlete. For match two, then Europe go first, okay, and the yep. internationals. So, so you do get to choose who's up against who. Um, 
To a point, because you'll be making decisions as you go. Yep, communications. Uh, it sounds like there'll be some communication with the team captains on the bike. The points scoring system. You see, we could have just gone to the website before we started making <laughs> shit up before. <laughs> right, so the point scoring system. First place, you get three points. Second place, you get two points. Third place, you get one point. Okay. Uh, then the points, bonus points awarded. Winning by more than six minutes difference, you get 1.5 points. Win by four minutes difference, you get one point, and you win by two minutes difference, you get 0.5 of a point. So I think it should be more. I think it should be more spread out. Mm. You know, because Fredino will win by six easy over half iron, man. No, 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 I wouldn't. I wouldn't put that. He might against like if he went against Lionel Sanders, would he win by six minutes? Yeah, I well, think so. Well, he'd win by sixteen and a full. Yeah, that's a little bit different. Yeah, true. So. I don't know. I wouldn't be surprised if Fredino easily wins by six. Um, Depends who against it goes against. Yeah, no, I think standard. Okay, so based on that, do you put your best against Lionel? Hmm. Oh, against Fredino? To minimise extra points? It's so hard the first time round. I don't know. Don't or do you go you sacrifice six points? You know, so he could end up getting four and a half points, could he? He could. Okay, yep. so that's your maximum points in that race. Yep, or, or, and if he still won... Because then you could say, don't, let's let's go. If you think Lionel's the second best seventy point three guy in the in the whole field, which is arguable, but let's just say he is, you know, he, he is always up there in the world champs and stuff. Um, then you go, might go like, well, then Lionel's got a chance to get four and a half somewhere. Mm-hmm. So maybe we're better off to save Lionel against a weaker link, so he can get four and a half points somewhere else. Yeah. If I, if I have a look at the, so there's a really competitive field at the 70.3 in, where was it, St George, you know, that was where we had that really good battle between Lionel Sanders and, um, and, was it Jan? and Sam Long. Oh, Sam Long so they right. ended up putting oh, right. a couple of minutes into Magnus Ditlev and Rudy Von Berg on the run. Um, so different. Winning by what? Uh, so Lionel Sanders ended up about... Th- Two and a half minutes in front of Rudy Bomberg, uh, which was was all. Sam pulled out, didn't he? No, Sam Long. That was a head-to-head battle. They went bloody mental against each but other. Who was the one? Wasn't someone pull out of that race as well? Oh no, that, there was somebody DQ'd. Uh, yeah, was, they, were, they were influencing it for a while. Yeah, it was. It was. It was. Uh, he's not even showing up, and the did not finishes now. So when you get DQ'd, it's it's not even on there. Okay. It was. Someone back in guard. Yeah. Daniel back in guard. Yeah. Uh, so I don't know how the hell you do this. Yeah, it's going to be interesting, isn't it? But, keep, but, but I love it. It's interesting. Yeah. And if we look at Lionel Sanders versus uh, Jan Fredino, in the, which was that Miami 70.3, where Jan was a little bit shorter than um, a half Ironman, but there he ended up two and a half minutes behind Jan Fredino over a, a shorter race. He'd finish. He might not finish within two minutes. Whether he finishes within four minutes, that would be where it's a little bit okay. dicey. Exciting times ahead. What do they get paid for the race? Well, um, is it as a performance pay or no, is it just a? No, it's not. You, you made the team. You get the money. You make the team. You get the money. Prize money. Amazing. They have got a good website. All the answers are on the website, Bevan. Yeah, we should do our research. Yeah. We are. 1.5, right 1.5 million dollars. Goes across six. So $90,000 for the person who qualified in first position. That's oh, so okay. And it goes down to... First for, first in each category. So Yeah, so $90,000 will go to Jan Fredino. And, and Lionel and Sam and Sky and Teresa and Daniela. No, no. This is on where you qualify 
and the, the standards. Oh, overall. Okay. So okay. if you're the top qualifier, you get $90,000. If you're yep. the 18th qualifier, you get $20,000. It's not bad, is it? Mm. So there you go. And it's US, isn't it? True, we'll be loving it. Mm. She hasn't been doing anything lately, so Even hopefully better. she's over in Europe for nothing. For it. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, good times. We'll, we'll find out when the uh, automatic qualifiers happen. I mean, the, when the um, captain's I'm, pick I'm, happens. I'm, I'm really fascinated to see the, the, the experience they put together. Mm. I think, you know what? I was dubious about this, mm-hmm. about the format, but the closer we get, the more we do our research, yep. the more I think this could be really fascinating. Exactly. Because it does create the aspect of excitement. Mm-hmm. You know, because if, if, they're starting the races how far apart? A few minutes apart. <laughs> It'd probably be on the website <laughs> if we had a look. <laughs> if you want great reporting, come to IM Talk. Yeah. Um, so, you know, because there's got to be this interesting dynamic happening. You'll be watching races, seeing points come along, especially as we get into the when finishes start happening. Mm. So the first, how long will race take? About four uh, hours? No, less than that. So they're doing... 2K80, 18. So it'd be more like three hours, I'd say. Okay, so the first couple of hours, you would just be watching races come in, but as the points start to come in, mm-hmm. now admittedly, I think it's going to be a bit of a shutout, so I don't know if it's going to be that interesting, but as time progresses and this becomes a format, mm. and we hopefully can get more even fields, it'd be pretty cool to watch. It was like watching, what was that racing on the guy got the silver in the, in the Olympics in the, on the track cycling? Our Kiwi fella. The Omnium. Omnium? The Omnium. Yeah. Campbell Stewart. Yeah, it's cool racing to watch, isn't it? Yeah, because it's just dynamic and it's changing all the time. Okay, well, we look forward to this team. It's coming up in a couple of weeks from now. So if you want to check it out and do your own research, go to the Collins Cup uh, website and all the information's there. Don't need us to bumble through it. Uh, Ironman Germany is happening this year is traditionally one of the strongest fields outside of Kona this one's happening a little bit closer to Kona it normally happens June, July yeah. um, but obviously with COVID it's changed a little bit this year so when we look at the field is it of this pedigree we'd normally see? Uh, not really because you normally have the big hitters of Jan and, and so on there and uh, so you've got Patrick Nielsen he's going to it's so hard to know who's actually going to race because yeah. a lot of them have asterisks there but you've got Patrick Nielsen Franz Loski Ivan Tukatin. Um but the interesting thing for me will be to see uh, f- firstly oh, Christian Blumenfeld's name's been crossed off so maybe he's not racing now he's got his who needs it yeah I'm out yeah I'm qualified. Why would I do a stupid race? True. true. So he's, he's probably gone off to win the, try and win the ITU series. Oh, that's a bit of a shit. I was looking forward to that. Oh, well. But he can win the series, can't he? Sorry? He can win the series. He can series win the too. ITU series because he was going to have to sacrifice racing this weekend. Would this be the great, I know you hate these, but would this be the greatest moment ever in, in triathlon history? Olympic gold medal, win the ITU series, win Kona. And win Super League as well. <laughs> can, he, can he do that? I don't know. I don't know where they're at with Super League. Uh, yeah, nobody's ever won. You couldn't, Olympic arguably, gold. the greatest moment mm. in a short period of time in the sport. Yeah, nobody's ever won the Olympic gold medal and then gone on to win Kona straight away. Yeah. And the only person who's done both is Jan. And sure. he, done, he won both, but he didn't do it like in, yeah. you know, you'd argue the greatest year in triathlon. Absolutely. Yeah. So who knows what the hell is going to happen in Ironman Germany? I'm really disappointed by that. Ah. Oh. Damn it. does. Hurts. Okay, I also got, it's a male-only race. In the female race happening this weekend, we've got Ironman Finland, uh, similar thing. Yep, uh, you got Laura Phillip there. Jocelyn McCauley's down to race, but she did bowl to 70.3 at the weekend, so I'm picking she's probably, possibly not going to go over and do it. Uh, Imogene Simon, Susie Cheaton, Laura Zimmerman. Uh, so pretty, 
pretty good field there. Laura Phillip is predicted to come in 11 minutes in front of Jocelyn McCauley and 20 minutes in front of Imogene Simons, but Imogene Simons is a pretty fast improver on the old circuit, so wouldn't be surprised if that's a little bit closer. Um, but that is up in Finland this weekend. Uh, any other, you've got Ember Man, any other events? What else we got coming up this weekend? This Ember Man, one of the best prize pools for pros around. We have indeed. Ember Man is an epic race. My only criticism of them is the sexist pigs, <laughs> is they don't have equal prize money for males and females, which is really disappointing because they have got a, <clears throat> a really big prize pool. Uh, so, oops, I'm just going to the rules for that. But an awesome, awesome race. Um, goes over the Col d'Uzouard as well as a bunch of other big climbs, um, which is one of the yeah, more famous climbs around the Alps and just got this amazing landscape at the top. Uh, very, very cool race and I'd love to go and do it myself. The prize money is starts €25,000 for first place, goes down to 7th, €2,000 on the men's side and on the female side only 19000 for first, which is still really good but it's not the same as the boys race and only pays five deep. So sharpen up there and just even it out and make it, I don't know, around 20 for both of them. Uh, and just make equal prize money, I think. So that's the only criticism. Awesome race. Elsewhere, we've also got the Extreme Man in Hungary. We've got the Midnight Man in the UK, and we've got a, the, a triathlon Estonia in Estonia. You've got the Swede Man Extreme, and you've got the Polska Man, you've got the Peasant Man, and you've got the Ember Man, you've got the My Titanium. My Titanium? Yeah. So lots of racing this weekend. Our sport loves the middle, don't they? They do. Yeah. <laughs> Our sport loves the middle. Okay, John's IT update. So this is so is this the final? No, no. This weekend is just the next round. Uh, so this the whole season, as we all know, is bloody and all stealing, over the place. Aren't they? They're copying. They are. They're going. So it's going to Montreal. There's two races over the next two weeks. This weekend is Montreal, and they're going with a new format that we'll talk about in a moment. Next weekend is the grand final, and with the grand final, you get. Uh, I don't think it's double points but maybe it's 1.5 points um, so you really need to be there to, to get part of the big prize pool so it's a big, big prize pool for the overall series um, so this weekend it's going to be pretty cool they're doing an eliminator format so pretty similar almost exactly the same to what we sometimes see on Super League yep. so you're going to have a course it's going to be a 300 metre swim 7.2k bike and a 2k run uh, so on Saturday you have up to 60 athletes being drawn in two qualifiers the top 10 from each race will progress through to the next day along with 10 more from uh, a repercharge race for those that did not make the cut. So then you'll have on the second day, you'll have 30 athletes classified in the final round will then line up to do two battles in an uh, all-out battle for gold, silver and bronze. Uh, at the end of the first race, so they're going to do three races. At the end of the first race, uh, the last 10 across the line will be eliminated. At the end of the second race, um, another 10 will be eliminated and then you'll have the final 10 uh, going into it. So it should be pretty cool to watch. Pretty cool. I mean, the difference here with the Super League, I guess you've got a day between them. Super League ended up mainly just being on one day. I know that when they started, it was two days, but yeah. I think afterwards, then it sort of went to one day. Um, and yeah, I'm just interested to see how it goes. The only downside to it is they haven't got the strongest field, um, which is a bit annoying because post-Olympics, bloody hard to, to get yeah. everybody on the start line. Uh, so And people need a break. Yeah, and people need a break, come down from the, the highs or the lows of the Olympics. And, so, and just the peak. Yeah, so we haven't know? really got, from Great Britain, we haven't gone near the big kahunas there. Um, we've got our Kiwis over there. Um, you've got some of the, the good American boys there. 
but you haven't, like in Canada, you've only got one dude from Canada, you haven't got Ch- Tyler Mistelchuk, who's their sort of top athlete, get a few Aussies, so it's a good field, but it's not the same standard that and we And you want to see the rock stars here, don't you? You do. Will you get the rock stars at Super League? Uh, probably, yeah, but like we've only had the Olympics, it was only two weeks ago, yeah. and there's the, the travel challenges, but I thought, given there's two races in two weeks, you might have got a few more. Uh, on the female side, um, slight, uh, definitely a bit stronger there, you've got some of the good uh, Brits, um, you've got the Germans there, you've got our Kiwis, you've got all the Italians, Japanese, how many Canadians, we've got, we've got Flora Duffy racing, which would be great, and you've got a full component of uh, Aussies, so plenty of people racing, but again, you're missing a few of those top teners. Okay, this week's discussion. Uh, if you knew someone was a cheated, cheated in an event, would you mention it to them, inform the organisers, or just let it go? Let it go. And a few people put that little uh, meme in there. Uh, I'm going to start with Ben M. Shaw. He's got, if, uh, they, if they won a prize and detrimental to somebody else, I'd probably mention it to the race director. If they were just to finish, I'd probably let it go. Okay, you do another one because I'm just pulling it up. Red Crowd has got, uh, yes, with a caveat that it would have to be 100% positive. Uh, David Patzer's got. I would have seen. I have seen people cheat three times in different races. Really? Each time I've informed the, the race director, included evidence that clearly shows that the people were cheating. It is yet to work. To get change results changed. So there you go. He, he does tell. Uh, one thing that's interesting: people don't race with their phones, do they? You're not supposed to. I'm, I'm sure. I've but it's different nowadays because often you use your phone for your tech, don't you? Yeah. Yeah, I suppose. Because you've got those devices where you have phones in front of you. Mm. Uh, Wayne Little's got, if they were in last place or mid-pack, I probably wouldn't worry about it. If they were taking a slot or a medal from someone, I would definitely bring it up to them. If they don't talk to the director, I would do it for them. Honestly, if I were mistakenly cheated, I would love it if someone came up to me and pointed out what I did wrong. I would then go to talk to an organiser and admit what I did. Uh, Xavier uh, Kopok, he says, give them an almighty spray. So basically abuse the crap out of them. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Just give it to them. <laughs> Stephen R. Birmingham's got my mind. As my mind was wandering on the longest climbs on the bike, I wondered if my swim time was a good cause because I missed a boy. I thought if I'm going to be DQ'd anyway, may as, I may wait, maybe I should turn around and call it a day. I continued to finish after deciding someone would let me know if I cheated, if it was unintentional. But this guy may have cheated and doesn't know. Here we go. I'm sure I don't really agree with the Olympic Committee. Don't don't clearly don't care. Funny how they ban drugs so they allow a guy to take drugs so he can pretend to be a woman in the women's weightlifting. I bet once the Olympics are over, he'll go back and stand, stand up while he pees. Mm. I, don't know. Yeah. I think that's pretty weak. Big assumptions there. Yeah. <laughs> big assumptions. Uh, Steve D. Adonis has got depends. Uh, if slots or the podium are on the line, this is definitely a thing that's coming through. I would say something. And I have. Well done. Don't mess with Steve. Don't mess with Steve. Um, Michelle Van Deventer. Mention it to them. Most times it's uh, incompetence rather than genuine malice. But I'd hate for any any of my teammates to miss out on a world slot whilst adhering to the rules when someone doesn't. Taking it to the organisers is difficult as they can only referee what they see at the time. Agree with you there, Michelle. Good old Lynette uh, Atani. Naming, <laughs> yeah. So she's got. I saw a cheat. Uh, a cheat drafting a seventy-three point three bike. It's not she, name and shame because no, we won't name the name. But if you want to, get old Lynette's named it. She was drafting a male and won her age group. I watched her on his tail for a few kilometres before they disappeared out of my sight. I wanted to say something, but the rest of the group said, "Just let it drop." Uh, there was no ref that saw, so it couldn't be proved. And she has named this person. Um, 
Yeah, it's hard when you can't prove it. Kylie Frost says, I reported a walker, so this is in a walking race, who was running and took out first place. She was given an official warning to make sure she only walked, I only reported it as she placed first and wasn't fair to everyone else. Good old Florian Hug has got, uh, if it's drafting verbal abuse, alerting the draft marshal and trying to drop drafters from illegal groups by letting a gap open and then sprinting to close it. Outside assistance, definitely the one I see the most. I usually ignore this as it's most uh, mostly well meant by family members, fans, etc. They pass the odd bottle of gel. Uh, if it's done by very competitive people in an obvious pre-race plan, pre-planned way to gain advantage, I feel sorry for their lack of respect for the sport and their competitors. Course cutting, doping, definitely alerting everybody and hoping it can be proven somehow. I haven't got any others here, Bevan, have you? Uh, there are pretty much some pretty common themes coming through. Uh, Johnny Barra Van Vahala, I would just put more tape on my shins and wave to the crowd. Yeah, okay. John, it was quite a good discussion. Lots of people here, a few let it go. Yeah. John, but your, your thoughts? I'm just trying to think of... I know of a few people that have cheated like blatantly in marathons and stuff where you turn around and I definitely, I mean. You know them? Yeah, I know one. You know them as well. Really? Yes. Murray Ledworth? No. (laughs) There's no way, Murray. Murray, I'm joking. I know you wouldn't cheat. (laughs) Murray did extra distance in one race. (laughs) There you go, Murray. Murray's a good man. I passed Epic Camper who's uh, in fairly serious disrepute. Uh, Are they in jail now? Were. I don't know if they still are. Yeah. but geez, you just hope it doesn't happen. Like you, all of us have seen plenty of blatant drafting. Yeah. And so my response to that is, it's nothing's going to happen after the race. But I'm certainly going to tell somebody if they're drafting off me or if I go past. I remember someone, one of my I'm last times I met New Zealand. There was a guy, and there was, we were a pack. There was a pack of us, but we were all keeping a distance. And then one guy was just sitting at the back on the wheel of anyone who was mm. at the back, and, and I, I told him off. Yeah. I gave him that stern word. So I'd verbalise. I said, "Mate, do the work or piss off." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then I get, I'm just trying to think of other examples where people might cheat uh, or others might get really fired up. Like I get really annoyed when people wear headphones or music when they're racing and it clearly stated they're not. And from a race organiser's point of view, um, most of my races are pretty low key. Like I'm going to go over and have yep. a word to people that, that do that and most of them it's an innocent mistake. They go, oh, I didn't know that because yep. they don't, didn't read the race manual. They don't quite understand. So I lo- a lot of the time I think it's innocent mistakes but it's, it is pretty sad when you... I mean, this example cheating. came up because someone knew somebody who did the race and they only did half the swim and they knew they only did half the swim but they still sort of claimed the, claimed the fame. Jeez, I'd go and be bloody reporting my time in if I... I needed half a swim, or if I knew yeah. I blatantly cut the course accidentally, I'd be straight up. You'd there. still front up, you might, and I get it. You might still finish the race, mm. but you know, because you, you spend a lot of money on the Ryan man, and if I cut the course, I'd be gutted. But I'd still probably go and do the run bike. But mm. after the race, I go to the director and say, "Look, mate, I yeah. accidentally cut the course. Take me off." Mm. I've had you plenty know. of people come and do that to me in races, in multi-lap races, saying, oh, "I did a did lap short there." Yeah, uh, yeah. But uh, I guess if I see it in a race, when have you cheated? Well, I don't, don't recall ever cheating. I mean, but like, like in anything. Oh. <laughs> Have you ever cheated in games? Uh, <laughs> cheating the old crossword occasionally. Just look up the, the sneaky thesaurus, look up. Um. But no, I don't. Th- I mean, I know somebody pointed out my infringement in Kona when I was at a at a, a drafting tent and nobody took your number. You'd, like I would have been, I'd still be standing there if, <laughs> if I hadn't just gone, I've served my bloody penalty. I know it's about right. I'm out of here. Uh, so that's the only time where I've knowingly. 
uh, bent the rules. And of course, there's been some instances where the drafting, like, I don't know, yeah, you, you, you do short course racing in back in the days when it was non-drafting and there's like 40 of you all within a, within a metre of each other and yeah. everyone's just looking at each other going... It was like when you do Kona in, do? in that first 20Ks and you know, when I, I, I swam like an hour 10 in Kona, it was a big pack and there's no, how can you not draft? Mm. You know, there's those situations. Yeah, no, it's interesting. I don't think there's any... John's, John's done some research and because our interviews disappeared so we'll go a little bit longer than this but um, basically the 10 best cheats of all time or the test so so okay one of them is Boris did you read that one? Uh, I, I'm just going to pull it up I, I've, I have read I just did a, a skim read of some of them hold on let me Boris Onoshenko oh, Boris the cheat they call him a sword that scored on its own so he was at the 1976 Montreal Olympics doing the modern pentathlon and what he had in his sword because when they do the, um, the, the fencing he had something in his sword that made him score points when he wasn't even touching the other guy oh really so I was wrecking the system so that uh, that he did get busted uh, Chicago White Sox that's quite a famous one they, they, they were gambling weren't they they promised money to lose wasn't it and then they, they took the money and then they all got banned. Yeah. There's a nine man out. It's a great film a few years ago. Diego Maradona, Maradona with the hand, hand of God. God when he, for all the football fans. If you don't know about that one, he... Oh, everyone knows that one, don't they? Yeah, you'd think. Every sporting fan probably would, but uh, he basically headed a goal in a World Cup and used his hand and got away with it. But didn't he... Because he, they, they won 2-0, didn't they? So he... he they I won remember 2-1. Oh, okay, mm. but the other goal he scored was like the greatest goal of all time mm. in that game. Um, ben Johnson, obvious one from the Olympics. Now, if you want to write a really good documentary, Ben Johnson is the Seoul Olympics '88. He wins the Olympic gold sprint medal. Next day, turns out he's a drug cheat. Mm. But I tell you what, ESPN have a great documentary on that race. Right. And basically, the and this is ESPN. This is not you know like some bloody conspiracy theory website. They actually think the conclusion of the document, the documentaries, however long he took to the race, so maybe he did like 9.97 or something. That's the name of the documentary. <coughs> First of all, everyone in the race is drug treats. Yeah. They all got done. Oh, maybe one guy didn't. But the, the argument in the documentary was that the Americans actually planted his, his test. Mm. Yeah. So that, because basically when he's getting the testing done, the American guys had sitting next to him talking the whole time mm. and they reckon he's, they switched it. That's a bit. I know, I know, I know, but it's ESPN. Yeah. You know, like if it was just some YouTube guy making it some conspiracy theory, mm-hmm. and because Ben Johnson was like, hey, I'm a cheat, I'm not denying it. Mm. But I wouldn't have been in a cycle. Mm. Yeah, so it's, it was, I do recommend watching it. David Robinson, what did he do? He transgressed uh, during golf's code of self regulation. He was moving his ball by up to 20 feet oh, at a time and winning. Uh, and winning some golf competitions. Don't know if that's a great. This is like an eighty-five. It's not nineteen thirty. Yeah. Good old uh, Fred Lawrence. He travelled by car to win a marathon in the nineteen oh four St Louis Olympic Games in the middle of the scorching afternoon. Small wonder only fourteen of the thirty-two starters made it to the finish. That sounds pretty similar ratio to the marathon this year. With the I think they had race. a windstorm as well. Uh, first time after three hours and thirteen minutes, he was a New Yorker. Uh, he, he was immediately proclaimed the winner. He had already been photographed with the daughter of the President of the United States and was about to be awarded the gold medal when word got out that he'd covered 11 miles as a passenger in a car. The crowd's acclaim rapidly turned to abuse. Although Lortz claimed it was a practical joke, he received a lifetime ban, which was later lifted. Um, Thomas Hicks, an English-born American, was awarded the race. 
How about good old Sylvester Carr Munch? He's got here... On, <laughs> Sorry, I've just got to carry the, An English-born American who was awarded the race. He might have been disqualified himself after handlers gave him a, um, a brandy to keep him going. Yeah, but I've, I've read a race report of this race. <laughs> it was absolutely ridiculous because <laughs> it was hot, but it was, it was like... So they, it was basically on open roads and there's traffic happening. Right. So, so they had to dodge the cars. Right. Apparently they got like a really bad like dust storm. Oh. Like it's just... It was, it's such a laugh to read the story of that race. So Sylvester, on a foggy afternoon, a real pea super in January 1990, Sylvester, how uh, much I think it is, surprised punters at the Louis Louisiana, the Delta Downs racetrack by finishing first. 23 to 1 long shot. That's a pretty good long shot. Uh, landing officer was a horse. But all was not as it seemed. Carmunch uh, had dropped out of the mile-long race while lost from view and then rejoined the field as they came back around and gained a galloping victory. He should have waited longer. The fact that he won by 24 lengths and came within 1.2 seconds of the course record basically raised suspicions. Uh, he was basically disqualified with a 10-year ban. Uh, Michelle... Polentier, uh, cyclist caught extracting the urine. Jacques Ancatil, one of the giants of the Tour de France, once remarked, you don't ride the Tour de France on mineral water. Whatever it was, Michael Polentier rode it on. We'll never be absolutely sure because he was disqualified during the 1978 race, not because of what was in his urine, but because the urine he gave at a drug test wasn't his. He had just hurtled up the famous Alpe ride alone to take the race leader's yellow jersey. According to one report, officials conducting a post-stage test became suspicious when Polentier began pumping his elbow in and out as he as if playing a set of bagpipes. Ordered to lift his jersey, the Belgian did so to reveal, reveal an elaborate plumbing system running from a rubber urine-filled bulb under his arm to the test tube. Uh, he got a, a whopping two-month suspension before he started racing again. Wasn't there an athlete, now the last one's not that good, so wasn't there an athlete who actually got... Um, Almost like a fake vein put in his arm? I don't know. I, I'm pretty sure, I, 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 I could be wrong on this, but I, I seem to recall there was an athlete who literally got like a, a, a tube injected in his arm mm -hmm. so they, they could use that for the drug testing. Yeah, crazy. Yeah. Things that people do when they cheat. Um, okay, John, with that kind of wraps there. Oh, we got one, one other one. He said, Mr. Martin. No, that's a horse race. Yeah, someone who cares about good. that. Yeah. There was one other website I looked at. There was a pair of twins, Madeline and Margaret de Jesus. Um, they were Puerto Rican twins. And they went to the 1984 Olympics. When Madeline hurt herself whilst competing in the long jump, she sent her identical twin sister, Margaret, to compete in the 4x400 metre relay. Once the, the chief coach of the team, the Puerto Rican team, discovered that what they'd done, he pulled out the entire team from the Olympics. They also had Ben Johnson on their top nine list. This is on history.co.uk. Uh, there's another marathon cheater, Spiridon Bolokas. There's actually quite a few marathon cheaters, yeah. isn't there? And they've got Marion Jones on there. Uh, they've got that Boris fella as well. Um, that's about it. Yeah. Don't cheat. They've got the entire East German female women's, women's team. Don't cheat. Yeah. Don't cheat. Team. I mean, we, the only Don't ones we could cheat. add to that is probably Lance Armstrong and you know some of the other drug cheats, but there's been plenty oh, of them. Oh, there's drug cheats, yeah. Mm. Good in that path. Okay, this week's discussion is, who would you pick as the two captains for the Collins Cups teams for Europe, US and the international John has already posted this on Facebook. I have indeed. It's already He's up there. People are commenting already. Most people yeah. are saying this is a lay down mesure for the European team. If the two captains? Uh, oh, oh captains picks. Yeah, but people, a lot of people aren't even commenting on who they're going to pick. They're just saying, wave and have the contest. Europe are oh. just going to smoke it. 
Yeah, it is. But that's the only downfall of this. Mm. It is the only downfall. It's a pity it's not more competitive. When would have been the greatest we could moment? Be really wrong. Yeah, we could be. Mm. But would you put money on it? Probably not. So I tell you about my friend in the, in the Soccer World Cup who made me do a bet? No. Yuki from the gym. He's from Japan. Mm-hmm. He rings me at like nine o'clock at night mm-hmm. on a Saturday night and he goes, Bevan, let's do a bet. And I go, what do you want to do a bet on? Because we have done a couple of bets over yeah. the years, but they're pretty fair bets. He goes, Japan versus New Zealand for soccer. I'm like, aren't Japan really good at soccer? <laughs> yeah. And he goes, yep. And I go, why would I want to do a bet? He goes, because we should do a bet. <laughs> and I'm like, I don't want to do a bet. He goes, we're doing a $10 bet. So we just bet, I had to pay up 10 bucks. <laughs> it was a draw at full time. Yeah, penalties. no, there was a chance we could have won it. Yeah. But anywho, uh, this, okay, so it's a sweet discussion. Jombo, let's him, go. Him some music, Bevan. No, I can't actually because I haven't got the music on me. So let's go Coaches Corner. Corner. Okay, so comparing the Olympic Games to an age group race. Okay, so this is how I watch the Olympic race. There's lots of little intricacies you've got to really look for, and they're probably not necessarily going to mean you win the race, but they can have a fairly big impact on you potentially losing the race or not performing as well as you would like. So first thing, when you're watching a swim, and this will be really important in this Montreal race this weekend, the start is crucial. So the things you're looking for at the start is having a really good dive, getting your timing right, and I did notice on our news last night they had like the yeah the moments, moments of the Olympics. Olympics and the triathlon start was right up there with the boat. But getting your timing right, you're basically coming forward and you've got to throw yourself off that pontoon with awesome timing. You've got to do an awesome dive and you've got to do a really, really good streamline. If you get those three things right, so your timing, your dive and your streamline, that can mean you know maybe half to a full body length and whilst again, that may not necessarily lose you the race, what can happen then if you cock those things up, then you're stuck further back in the group and you're going to be using a lot more energy during the swim and you're probably going to come out further further back. Um, it, I know a lot of these days in iron distance races and most 70.3s are either wave starts or most Ironmans now are rolling starts. And so the swim, not that I've actually done a rolling start yet, but the reports from everybody that I speak to is you don't get anywhere near as smashed in the swim. When you're doing one of these IT, uh, draft legal race, the swim is full on. Like you can get the absolute crap beaten out of you, way more so than what you guys have experienced in a, <clears throat> in a sort of an age group Ironman race. Very aggressive, very fast, and uh, you can go under and stay under. So keep a lookout for that um, because they do get really uh, attacked in the swim. The boy rounding, that's one of the awesome parts of the race when you see that whole line line coming towards the boy and you've got maybe 10 abreast coming in and trying to get around that boy. Watch those parts of the race really closely and you'll just see how absolutely smoked some people get going around the boy, which is, again, points back to that first point. If you can get a really, really good start, then you're going to be further up and the chances of getting yourself smashed around there is, uh, is lower and you're going to be using a lot less energy. Coming out of the swim is really different to doing an age group race because you've got that, most races are two laps and you've got to come out at the end of that first lap and you are on the rivet and you've, but you can't slacken off, you can't view that period where you run across, say, the, the pontoon as a little break. The ITU athletes, or the world triathlon athletes these days, you've actually got to accelerate and speed off there and you can actually make up some good time so you can't let your guard down whereas age groupers are probably going to view that little period as a little chance to regroup and sort of get back in and just ease back into it. No such luck if you're at the elite end. Uh, what I'm watching in T, T1 is those little mini gaps coming out of the swim 
can turn into big gaps. And so a few things that I look at is people's position in transition. So one of the cool things for the Kiwis at the Olympics was pretty sure they were drawn one and two. So for the for our guys, they get to run all the way through transition <clears throat> and to jump on the bike, you know, T1's more important than T2. When you're jumping on the bike, they haven't had to push their bikes very far and they'll be able to run past everybody else. So that's, that's a massive advantage, isn't it? It's an advantage. But they, then, then you lose it a little bit coming off the bike. But if the bike's going to split up, T1 is where it's going to happen. T2, yeah, you might lose a couple of seconds. You can make it up. But you can make it up. T1, you lose a couple of seconds, and that might be the difference between uh, yep. making a group and not making a group. So those one to two second gaps can turn into five to 10 to 15 second gaps very, very quickly, because as soon as you're on the bike, you know, you're going to accelerate away really, really quickly, and those gaps increase super, super fast. So T1s, uh, that's what you want to watch for, is people's position in transition, and, uh, and any small little gaps between groups can, can explode real quickly. Now, a lot of people said that they found the bike course in Tokyo, you know, especially the men's race, to be a little bit boring, but it is a lot harder than it looks most of the time. Um, be very surgy. I remember, remember years ago we got that uh, power files from uh, you know the mm. guys, right? And it, it's like a, it's just off and on the whole time, isn't it? Mm. Yeah. And I think I think it might have been Ben, ben Knut's ones. Yeah. And they they were comparing uh, a, a draft legal race with a non-drafting race. Yeah. And he was working harder in the draft legal race than he was in the, in the non-drafting yeah. race. So there's definitely times where they're freewheeling and taking it a bit easier when the whole group comes together. But generally, it um, can be harder than it looks sometimes. So watch for athletes. This is what I'm always doing, is watching for the athletes on the back of the group, uh, and you'll see how hard they have to work. It was painful. There was um, For those of you who remember the females race, you had Summer, Summer Cook, or no, Summer Rappaport she is now, and she was on the back the whole time. She's not the best cyclist, but, God, she was having to work so much harder than everybody else because every corner she was having to surge out. So the back of the group is not where you want to be. And if you're one of the weaker riders, you've just got to suck it up and try to get further up the group. Um, easier said than done, but the back is not where you want to be. Um, what I was watching in... Tokyo was um, the tactics around it and both the men's and the women's races were quite different. You know, that front group in the men's race, if they're not committed 100%, they ain't getting away. And you saw the difference between the men's and the females race was the females 100% committed, kept the foot down the whole time and that group would have detonated the rest of the field had it not been for Nicholas Spirig. The men's race... The, a, they didn't quite have the firepower, but you could just tell they weren't 100% committed. So that's one you want to look for, for if you're watching any ITU races coming up. If you're going, is this breakaway going to stick? That front group has to be 100% committed. If they're not, chances are they're going to get caught. Yep. Um, and then where it becomes really tactical, and we talked about this a little bit with um, Craig Kirkwood last week, is if you're in that chase group, how much work do you want to do personally and how much can you rely on others without risking your overall result? Yeah, that's the fine line, isn't it? Oh, it's a dilemma. Especially because your result really depends upon it. Mm. You know? And so, so for our Kiwi, Hayden Wild, who ended up third in Tokyo, you know, that dilemma, he's normally one of those guys pushing the pace on the, the bike, but he sort of trusted his instincts that he was confident it was going to come through and he had faith in other people actually committing. So he did some work but he didn't do as much work as he normally does. And what would have been really interesting is had there been a couple of guys up front 
and they were a bit more communi- committed. So say it was more like a, a, we had a Brownlee or we had a yep. Rio site type scenario, how many more of those guys would have had com- to commit and what impact that would have had on the race. So I found that really fascinating. Uh, coming into T2, what you want to be looking for is uh, the positioning in the big packs leading into T2. And invariably, if one of your favourites is at the back of the group coming into T2, it means they're on. For, for, they're not having a good day. Uh, so there's usually a real big battle to be right at the front. And I remember, I think it might have been Jake Berkwis or somebody I saw was at the back of the group and I thought they ain't going to do very well today. So look at the guys at the back and, and at the front because uh, the ones that are wanting to get to the front are obviously feeling pretty good and uh, in position and transition matters. So I talked about our Kiwi scenario there. The top guy, our, our guys had a position one and two. It means they've got to run a lot further in that second transition but you'd much rather it that way around than the other. So everyone does push their bike the same distance but it's still not super, super fair. Uh, and then the difference before our Olympic distance race for age groupers versus, say, the Olympics is, as we've all seen, those fast starts. Normally they just go out of the blocks and absolutely crank it. Um, And then anything can sort of happen in the middle. And as we heard from Craig Kirkwood, um, you know, it was more a case of the the leader slowing down the least rather than actually massive increases in pace. Yeah. Um, So that's normally how it goes in ITU races. Yeah, there's sometimes a bit of um, jostling in the last sort of K or so where um, there is maybe a a sprint finish or the pace has increased a bit, but invariably the pace is high and then it's going to generally decrease and maybe a bit of a kick towards the end. And um, yeah, it's a bit bit different to how we see, sort of see marathon running. You know, do you watch much of the marathon? Oh, it was awesome, wasn't yeah. it? How, how good it's Kachobi. Mm. So they they you know complete contrast to a triathlon where we go out quick and it's come build, home come they? home build, slower, build, build and break them. Yeah, whereas a marathon is normally a, often just a general progression and pace, just getting faster and faster. It was fascinating. What uh, just. How good is he? Hmm. Laying down that 14, was it 14.28 between 25 and 30k mark, I think Just it was. A, he's by far the greatest of all time, isn't he? He's the greatest of his generation, definitely. No, he's the greatest of all time. <laughs> no, he is, because it's just a fact. He's won mm. nine big city marathons, two Olympic golds, first guy to go sub two, even in funny conditions, first guy to go sub two and two, two or two, mm. just delivers. And, and just that moment when he goes... They have no response. What would be fa- again would be fascinating, and and I know when we talk about the triathlon with Christian Blumenfeld and looking how deep he went yeah. compared to Chip Kogi. Chip, Chip Kogi, yeah, I can never say it right. Um, how deep were they both going in comparison? You know, so you say Blumenfeld was on the. I don't think I don't think we're that deep because it need to. No, but, but, when, but when he does go deep, yeah, he still looks like he's just out for a breeze. But I bet he's not. There's just no sign of fatigue. Mm. You know, even when he did sub two, uh, what a what a beautiful human to watch mm. do sport. So I never really watch marathon runs other than I watch that sub two and occasionally see the highlights. But yeah, yeah I, I see, I watched the last twelve k's of that run. I just yeah. turned on, oh, marathon's on, sweet. And he just cracked them. Mm. You know, and it's just like it, he's just a class above. It wasn't very an inter- wasn't really interesting race, but it was sort of still. I don't know. It's kind of good. Back- I, was at, I did a workout at the gym. I kind of it was on the gym. I was watching in the background. Um, yeah, just uh, just uh, what an what an what a mind, mm. you know? Because you know, the, you, if, I don't know. Central government has been argued against, but it's that kind of thing of how much are you willing to hurt? Mm. Um, and yeah, what a what an, I just love it. Okay, anything else to add to it, John? That's it. 
triathlon. Good wrap up there, John. There you go. So <laughs> next time you next time you <laughs> so next time you're watching a triathlon, watch the but I guess the thing like is, to be John. watch the little things. Uh, no, you well know, I love things. this, but because I always think in life, one thing is is you know how does a writer read a book? Hmm. How does music like in my book? I actually a book I've just written. Um, I talk about, you know, trying to gain deep insights in how someone who's an expert in the field would think about it. And I talk about my, my piano tutor, a guy called Chris, who is unbelievable on the piano, like being the top 2% of pianists in the world kind of guy. Um, and, yeah, just when, when he listens to a song, he's going, oh, that's an interesting choice. What they've done here and bam, bam, bang. And even like I played one of our songs. Like, oh, okay, so why do you do the minor here and this and that? Um, I don't know. It's just, yeah. you know, and it's just the level of understanding. I always just think, if in any area of life, we all have a base understanding. It's like watching rugby. I, I, I know the basics of rugby, but then Brad Moore, one of the All Black coaches, I talked to him about his tactics, and he, oh, when he talks about it, it's like, so it is nice to kind of hear someone who has a deeper insight and to help you think about how you actually perceive something you're watching. So thanks, John. Great. Winger of the week. I'm gonna go. Uh, 30 Go big four. now Go big Okay 34 yeah, 34 okay. 34 I think I was 60 last week Didn't I okay. yeah, 34 Seth Oh Seth Seth He did 16 hours and 14 minutes of training He did 12 oh, He did a race as well I'm sure. I'm pretty sure Seth was doing The Calgary 70.3 Do you know Actually, Seth? That was two weekends ago Yeah Seth He's come on several epic camps Yeah I think I know Seth as well I've met him eh? He uh, Where would you have met Blonde him? guy yeah. yeah I'm not sure where you have met him Maybe in Germany? Yeah, he came on one of our yeah. Germany camps. Yeah, yeah. lovely guy. Um, so he did 70.3 Calgary, but that would have been the weekend before, I think. But this week he did one... What number did I pick? Uh, 34. 34 one hour 59 swimming, 10 hours 42 minutes on the bike. Seth was a good athlete, wasn't he? 3 hours 32 on the run. Seth's been to Kona. He's won, yeah, the, that's right. he's won the yellow jersey twice on Epic Camp. Uh, I took, I made him earn it when we were over in France a couple of years ago, and he pushed pretty deep, and he totally deserved it. Uh, so Seth is based in Rossland, BC, Canada. Uh, he's a doctor over there, and yeah. got a couple of kids. And Seth knows how to go deep. I remember we the, the last day of was it the last day or the second to last day of camp. I think it was the second to last day of camp in France on the last one. And we had uh, we did a percentage of FTP um, KOM, and so yep. that made it fair. You know, it was like yep. I was probably I'm pretty sure I was going to be the fastest, or I wasn't. I don't think I was on that day. Uh, you talk a big game. I talked a big game, <laughs> but it was who, and I think Chrissy McKinley might have been, even had the grind and might have had the highest percentage of FTP on that climb. Um, yep. But Seth was going up there, and I think I dropped him, and then, and then he came past me, and he was just punishing himself and he was willing to do a uh, Christian Blumenfeld and go pretty deep to to beat to beat me up that climb so it was good on him he's a tough character and he knows how to push himself the limit so Seth Bidding you are our winger of the week, of the week. okay go on let's go questions and answers questions and answers. answers okay so we basically got an email through from who was this John I think it was Peter Colson yeah I think you are right uh, just there's a it's an Instagram account called try underscore stats and they basically have the winning margins in the Olympic distance triathlon at the Olympics over the years uh, interestingly if you look at the men's it's always a close winning race the biggest winning margin has been 11 seconds by Christian Broomfield 13 seconds Al- by Simon Whitfield oh Whitfield sorry Whitfield and then 11 by Alistair and Christian and then it goes to 8 seconds and then 6 so it's always the Olympics men's race 
Always pretty Always close. Always been close. There hasn't really been a s- spr- uh, Beijing was almost a sprint. But Beijing was a sprint finish. Was it? Was that it? Was very, yeah, yeah. It was really that came into the last. Yeah, it did. That came into the last. Bend it, didn't they? But Blumenfeld was was close, but it wasn't really that close. Yeah, Alistair was the most dominant one, wasn't it? He was, and he probably he slowed down in the the finishing shoot. Yeah, Jan Frodenos was pretty close. Jan Hamish Carter was only eight seconds, but he had it pretty well won in that. La- but yeah, it, it did. It came down to the last. Last K, the, the medals were wrapped up, but it was just going to what was going to happen in the last moment, wasn't and it? Simon, yeah, a lot of these are quite similar. Simon Whitfield's was pretty similar as well. It was a sprint finish. Who was second and third? Um, it was um, Stefan Vukovic was either second or third, and was it Polly Kaprinko? No, uh, who was second? Come or on, third? John, you're great at stuff. Um, I know Stefan Vukovic was one. Okay, and it was. Uh, I don't think it was Polly Kaprinko. It was some uh, Jan Rahula. There you go, Jan Rahula. I'm not sure if he was, I don't know the order. It was Jan Rahula and um, Stefan Volkovic. Volkovic was third, actually. Jan Rahula was second. Okay, so what are you saying? You're saying... Whitfield, Jan Rahula, Stefan Volkovic. Oh, John. You're close, but no cigar. Really? I get it around the wrong way. Simon, Stefan, Jan. Oh, okay. Yeah. And the females was Bridget McMahon, Michaeli Jones, and... Megaly Mesmer, is it? Or Megaly, did she change her name? Megaly Mesmer, she third? Uh, interesting. Google's a sexist pig. <laughs> because I've done Olympic results and they want to give me the means. Okay. So but anyway, wait a second, I'll have a look. the reason this came, this came up, as I said last week, <clears throat> I reckon Flora Duffy's win was going to be the biggest margin in Olympic history. And I was right. Oh, you're always she won right. by 74 seconds. Gwen Jorgensen won by 40 seconds in Rio. Nicola Spurig won by zero seconds because that was a sprint finish uh, in London. Emma Snosa won by seven in Beijing. Kate Allen won by seven in Athens. And Bridget McMahon won by two seconds in Sydney. So Flora Duffy was the most dominant. She really was, wasn't she? It was a bit of a boring race in some ways. Yeah. She's Respectful, it. right? You know, absolutely respect. I loved oh, it. Oh, yeah, great. Yeah, great. Yeah, but, but as an entertainment wise, <laughs> um, you're right with the Sydney females. Right. Yep. John Swimset, what did we do this morning? We did 600 warm up, which was 100 freestyle, 100 IM, uh, three times through. Then we did three times through 200 steady, 50 fast. <clears throat> then we did, what did we do after that? We did two 400 meter build ups. So you're kind of going 100 easy, 100 steady, 100 moderate, 100 hard. 200 metres of drills, and then the last set was nine 100s to send one to three, four to six, seven to nine. So you're sort of going medium, fast, really fast, medium, fast, really fast. What's the difference in speed? Um, for, for me, you? it's around about three to five seconds per 100. So if I was going to do that set for 100, I'd probably go, you know, like a, maybe a, a 127, a 123, a 119, 118. So 119 is really, really fast. Uh, I can probably these days I can probably only get down to about a one fifteen max effort would be maybe about a one twelve. Our pool's pretty shitty. If it was a faster pool, it might be a little bit quicker. But no, I'm not super speedy these days. What was your best ever? One hundred? Uh I've never broken a minute, but I went basically a minute, sixty sixty oh, sixty points something. That sucks. Mm. Does. Yeah. Still hurts, Bevan. Still hurts. My, my, my sub nine. Uh, okay, John, well, let's talk about, we've got some cool news. We're, we're changing the way we're doing patrons. So in regards to the prize, because what we basically used to do is every couple of years, someone gets a chance to win a ch- Tacona. Uh, to be honest, it was just really expensive and it kind of took away half the reason we did patrons, which is to support the show. So we kind of thought ourselves, we need to think of a better way to, A, 
get still you know still say thank you to the patrons and still have the opportunity to win some gifts uh, and be maybe not offer the Kona now John and I will still go to Kona every couple of years that's and do what we're doing with there um, obviously we didn't this year because of what's happening in the world but that's the case so John's been doing some really good work and we're basically what we're going to do well, tell us tell us how it's going to work moving forward John so we're going to have various prizes throughout the year so we have one main draw which will be uh, next year um, so each year we'll do a main draw day but there will be some sponsors that come on board that do sort of more regular draws um, so we've got Profile Design so check them out profile-design.com for hydration wheels storage aero bars stems handlebars anything yeah, related to your bike would love it one of my favourite uh, things their handlebars don't break in a race no they don't <laughs> Feels, I, don't know, I don't know how I feel but just feel bad for the Australian team uh, for those of you who didn't see that in the team pursuit which is like a four, four man race on the track uh, doing a team time trial, the handlebars just snapped. Like, so that's the problem with those bikes. So that you know, that it's that all about performance, and you're on the edge of what performance, and mm. you know. So, so we have profile design. Uh, as Bevan said, their gear does not snap. Uh, one of the cool things I've got is they've got a whole range of aero bottles. So really encourage people to look at those because these days nutrition, I encourage people to try to carry as much as they can, um, and rather than using the on-course stuff, you know exactly what you're getting. Nutrition is just so important, and with the they've got several bottle designs that attach to your handlebars. They've got the the opening lid on top so you can have a bottle of concentrate or whatever you're going to have whether it's UCAM, whether it's Infinite whatever it's going to be and then you can sort of dilute that through and you just be picking up water on the course so I'd strongly recommend checking that out. Profile you one thing John design. if you look at their wheels, looks like a good sale on their wheels right now. They have. Yeah, so Huggins. check it out. And as you've heard at the top of today's show, um, we've got a new company on board, the Magic 5 Custom Fitted Swimming Goggles. So check them out, themagic5.com. Um, what's These goggles are quite different to what you're going to get elsewhere. And why are they different? Have you got yours yet? You I have got some. Yeah. So the big difference is the custom-made swim goggles. So what you basically do, I've got a pair and went through the process, the ordering process, which is really quite easy. So you basically order, you order your set of goggles and then you've got to download the app onto your phone. Scans your face. And then it scans your face. And what they're sort of looking for is the shape of your eyes, um, the size of your nose, the bridge of your nose, the shape of your cheekbones, the shape of your sort of... Um, yeah, the size of your eye, everything around there, and then they basically go and custom make uh, some goggles for you, which is awesome. And the theory is, obviously they're going to be nice and comfortable and custom made for you, but the key thing is is no, no leaks, um, because guys, I've had so many goggles over the years that have been absolute rubbish. And one of the things that I really struggle with as well is the bridge across your nose. Um, I often find that it really, really digs in, and sometimes... Some companies have the detachable bridge, so you can change them. Some goggles, the cheaper ones, just got a straight bridge. Um, so I always really struggle with that. Got these goggles, and they, they did act, do actually come with several bridge options, but the ones they had in there, because it was all custom made and based on my face scan, worked perfectly. Uh, so, yeah, the idea is, for me, no bridge problems, which is great. Don't get a headache or anything like that. No leaking. With these, you have got a dual strap. Lots of goggles these days, you guys will know, come with one strap which kind of separates in the middle these ones have got a dual, dual straps so it's really important to get your strap on correctly um, and I'm able to have it on a little bit looser than what I am with other goggles just because the, the goggles are sort of custom to my eye sockets um, I would say the fit is a little bit different to what some of you will expect because a lot of people swim with really chunky big goggles yep. um, and these goggles are a bit smaller and they do sit inside your eye socket a bit more so they're a bit more of a, a bit like a 
for ex-swimmers, they'll know what I mean. Yeah, I know the ones that were literally just a bit of plastic, weren't they? Yeah, yeah. so these are, uh, they're a bit more streamlined and they're a bit more inside and your eye socket, but that means they're not going to leak. Um, but I've had them for a number of weeks now and found them, found them fantastic. We've got this new speedy guy who's turned up at our pool and like nothing it. worse than the new speedy guy who's turned and up I've probably mentioned this a couple of weeks it doesn't bother me but he's, yes, he's way faster than us we're walking into the pool this morning he goes is it okay if I swim in your lane and I said it's fine mate I'm just worried that we're too slow for you it's like he's way faster Proper than me swimmer. and he had some as well and he goes oh I only, I've only ever seen one other person recently that had these and now they're starting to show up more and more. Oh. And he's an ex-swimmer and he says he loves them. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we had a couple of other patrons of the show have said they, they love them as well. So check them out, um, themagic5.com. And if they're good enough for Jan Fredino, they're good enough for us. Exactly. Uh, also, guys, just so for the patrons, if you're joining up to be a patron, you support us in getting us to Kona every couple of years and you just support the show, which is really important. Uh, you get it. To be a part of the show, you get your nickname, you get some cool I Am Talk gear, and then you go into the promotional wins that we'll be doing throughout the year, and then the big win at the kind of end of every year. So we're, we're and John's doing really good work in getting these kind of supporters to help us as well. So that's really cool as well. So thanks, John, and thanks to you all the pages. Let's name a couple, Jombo. And Thong Thiles. We've got Thomas the Barge Dairy. And Joe Aragon Spragans, who I also noted was racing over in uh, Estonia at the weekend. So Joe wears the hat, doesn't he? Yep. Yeah, now I'm not sure if he had a great race or not. But our, our contributor, we didn't mention earlier, Nick Rose, uh, he he nabbed himself a kind of qualification spot, which I assume will be for next year. Yeah, probably is now. Mm. Yeah. Uh, okay then. So what we're going to say is, if you want to become a patron, go to www.imtalk.me. I want to say a big thank you to our sponsors who are Profile Design and TheMagic5.com. Uh, if you want to get show email to you, go to the front page of I Am Talk down the bottom. It's all pretty simple. If you want to get coaching, coach John Newsom. If you want my podcast, Bevan James Isles Show, I released one. Actually, one I'm really proud of yesterday. So you can check that out about how to create memories that are positive and help you move forward in life. Hmm. It's a good way of putting it. Uh, other content, add your cool websites, other feedback, go to Bevan James, or go to, not Bevan James, was, I'm talk.me, or even email, I'm talkpodcast at gmail.com. Great. Jombo, your goss. Uh, what's my goss? Looking out of the mountains, we'll get out there for a bit of sunshine today. We've had a couple of days of woeful We've weather. We've had winter, haven't we? We've had winter coming. I tell you what, Joe and I normally do three weeks away overseas mm-hmm. from June, July sometime, maybe even longer, maybe a month. Mm-hmm. Uh, we haven't done it this year. I tell you what, winter feels long when you don't travel. It does, yeah. It's been a long winter. It We've had a good, it's been a good winter. You know, yeah. it's a winter winter, isn't it? But I, I'm looking forward to summer. Looking forward to summer. Oh, yeah. Uh, what's my gossip, Evan? Just been watching the Olympics, really. Watched a lot of track cycling because that was on really good timing for us. It was on the evenings. That's quite awesome, a lot of that. Probably didn't watch as much athletics as I would have liked to, but I'm sort of catching up and on a little bit of that. Yeah, I did watch a bit but of it. Lots of track cycling. That was good. And... That was really the story of the last week was Blinda and I would just sit down and watch uh, Olympics in the evenings and I'd have yeah. it on during the day as well just while I'm working away. So yeah. it was good. It's yeah, good. it was the same. Oh, one thing that did happen to me, mm-hmm. got a haircut. Mm-hmm. You had a haircut as well? Um, no. Uh, no, your hair looks good. Good. Uh, getting a haircut. This is a lady called Grace. So she's from some Asian country. Um, and I was talking and I was wrinkling. And she gets her fingers and opens more wrinkles. Oh. And I go, what are you doing? And she goes, don't, 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 don't make face, you'll get wrinkles. And I'm like, what do you mean? And she goes, you'll get old. And I said, well, do you think I'm old? And she goes, yes, stop making wrinkles. I was like, fix a lot. And then she did, did you, did you, did you shave your eyebrows now? Uh, not generally. Oh, I'm getting the clip of the eyebrows yeah. now? 
preserve myself. Oh, go to Grace. All right. <laughs> She'll look after you. She goes, oh, they get along too. You're getting old. I'm like, where's the love in this relationship? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I got a bit of abuse. Yeah. Yeah. One other thing I wasn't too happy about with Flora Duffy, we love Flora Duffy on the show, yeah. but she bumped us down a bloody place on the medals per capita rankings. So where did we get over? We, we, we won. We did not. We got smoked. We got fifth. No, but when you go no, countries over a million? No, we, we lose on every count. So, so medals per, total medals per capita. We go total medals per capita. San Marino, they got three. Uh, they're first. Bermuda, second. Granada, Bahamas, New Zealand. We got fifth. We can look at this every way we like and we aren't winning. Gold no. medals per capita. We're third. Bermuda took that out again. Bloody Flora Duffy. Yeah, but the thing is... No, don't make excuses. No, oh, well, here's my argument. Countries over a million would dominate. Medals, no, you've got medals weighted per capita. Stop trying to find no, a country, way we win. Countries over a million. We, Come on. We finished So the population of San Marino's got 30,000. Bermuda's got 63,000. Grenada has 112. Bahamas has 300. We've got nearly 5 million people. Yeah, we still don't win on those. We are awesome. Yeah. We, I, do, I, I do love that. Kiwis are good at sport. We're good at white, rich sports. That's, oh, that's not true. Yes, it is. What are poor sports out there? You think, you What's a poor sport? Um, or no, world games like football, where everybody plays. All the, the most of the medals we got are in sports that are, you know, rowing, yachting, cycling, no, uh, canoeing, triathlon, shot putting. Start. Slightly more worldly, yeah. um, but most of our medals. Tennis. That's not a right which sport. Yeah. So, I'm, I'm still very proud of everybody. We, I, we it's a poor sport. Um, or things like marathon running, where everybody can do it. You know? yeah, okay. Um, yeah. So yeah, Let's keep still proud point. of us. I, I, you, we've got to take the right strategy and they're doing the right strategy. We're getting medals. We've got 20 medals. It was awesome. And we are officially the fifth best country in the world per capita. Well, I think we're number one. Mm. Yep. I, did, I even went to the point where I times our medals by population of Americans. <laughs> right. So, so like, I can't remember the exact number, but like our gold medals, if we had the population of America, we would have had like 71 gold medals. Right. We would have dominated the Olympics. <laughs> we did. We, we're the best country in the world. Australia, we even beat Australia. Australia did well, but Australia. Uh, I was speaking to someone, they said um, Great Britain beat Australia, and that's all they care about. Right. Yeah, yeah, Great Britain did great. And yeah. Australia did great. So there's a Japan. lot of European countries did, some European countries did rubbish. Yeah. 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 Biggest surprise for me, Italian winner win a 100 gold medal. Mm. I see, I don't, I don't know anything about 100 meter running and whether or not he's shown any pedigree. Okay, and you, if he, you're dubious. Well, no, I don't, I think, I'm, I'm not. It's just that Bolt's gone. Because I haven't looked into it, but, yeah. <laughs> you watch with suspicion. I, I, yeah, it's because I don't follow sports. So I, I, I'm not very suspicious, but I might do some investigating to see <laughs> where he's come from and if, he's, if he has been one it's of the It's his first ever race. Right. Yeah. yeah. He just never ran every 100 metres in his life. Okay, John, that's pretty much us. Let's wrap it up. I'm Russ. I'm Eno. Train hard. Train smart. Kia, Kia kaha. kaha.